You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back as we inch closer and closer again to the 2021 NFL Draft. Located where, folks? Yes, located in Cleveland, in Ohio. Your host of Locked On Browns, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Make sure you're following over there. DMs are open. At Locked On Browns, DMs are open. Follow back account. Any way to get in touch with me. Uh, regards to the show, questions, ideas, you guys know I'm always around for that stuff. Uh, whether it is iTunes, whether it is Spotify, whether it is the brand new Odyssey, make sure you are following Locked on Browns. We don't use subscribe anymore, folks. We use following for those types of things. Five-star ratings, written reviews, of course. As always, all the rage. Joining me here this evening, um, it's been a couple of weeks, um, but always a pleasure. Sit down, break bread, talk ball with PFF Senior Analyst, and he's been a huge part of the show and the growth of where we are these days, Mr. John Costco. John, flowers are blooming. There's... Allergens in the air. We got to draft in a couple of weeks. But, hey, winter's over. We can talk about ball for a little bit and start looking closer and closer to the 2021 regular NFL season. Yes, the grass is is coming in. Uh, those who know me, I, I kind of I like my grass to be nice and lush. I do a, I do a lush but short, so a shortcut, you know, making it like a fairway-like. And uh, it's coming in nicely, and it's that time of the year. And, um I'm the one of the lucky guys that don't get allergies, but um, my wife does. So you know, but she loves being outside, and it's been uh, these these this perfect weather for that this time of the year. So it's been good. Ah, it's always nice when you get through a sweatshirt on in the morning, but can disregard that sucker uh, as the hours go by later in the day. Um, John. Jadavian Clowney, obviously with, uh, I'm sure there's people camped out at the airport. I'm sure there's people trying to track things, track Ubers. What I've been saying, and and this is where I think some people misconstrue it. Jadavian Clowney doesn't need to come here to be the man. He needs to be come. He's coming here, hopefully to be part of the plan, the plan athletic pass rushers that can get after the quarterback. If they don't, they can chase them down once they break contain. Also, you know, just having getting in position where you can send as many guys. And look, we're not talking about the Ben Roethlisberger's of the world anymore. We're talking about the Patrick Mahomes's of the world. You need to get the, to these guys quickly because you give them four, five, a player with mobility and escapability like Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. You give them six seconds, you're going to lose. So the thought with this, and I know he's always actually, and I think this is one thing where people get confused because everyone, and maybe it's similar to Olivier Vernon, um, and I know Jadavian Clowney has always kind of done pretty well under the PFF scope, probably disappointed as a number one overall selection. Sure, but it doesn't mean he's a capable, capable body, capable athlete, that can come in here and make life easier for the secondary, make life easier certainly for their other defensive linemen, whatever linebackers going to be trotted onto the field. He is a great, great recipe to a great, great ingredient to the recipe of what the plan of this defense wants to be. 
Yeah, um, he is not an elite pass rusher, but he is an he is an elite run defender, um, and he's a very good pass rusher. So you're not you're not putting him up at the you know the Miles Garretts and you know JJ Watt in his prime or the TJ Watt now or Von Miller type. You know he's not getting after the passer like those guys, but he's still getting pressure on a on a pretty consistent basis. Um, kind of like Olivier Vernon, um, you know, and that ilk. Though Olivier Vernon, you know, was getting sacks last year where Clowney didn't. And but we, uh, if anybody that listens to you know me talk about about pass rushing, it's not just about the sacks. It's about it, are you getting pressure on that quarterback? And if you can get pressure on a quarterback, the quarterback's passer rating drops thirty points. That's good enough for me. And then if you're getting pressure, or if you're in a position to be able to pick up the pressure from somebody else and get a sack, or you're putting the pressure to get somebody else's sack and it, there's, and the fact that he can also set the edge better than better than Olivier Vernon in, in a run game and better than a Miles Garrett in a run game that just adds to the to the team and you know he's a guy that you absolutely want to sign this guy and he's he's going to come at a at a reasonable price and if he hadn't been picked number one overall um, and you know say maybe he was a, a after after number one overall, you probably wouldn't consider him as to be such a big disappointment because just because of the you, you know you're getting a guy like that number one overall, you're expecting big time sack numbers. But he's just never been that type of a player. He's still a very good player. So um, this this signing would make that defensive line uh, so much better just because of how, he's how good of a player he is. And you're talking about then you're ta- having attack McKinley being your situational pass rusher. Uh, coming in there, not having to stop the run and be that starter there, um, and you got a guy there that you can spell and you can have a rotation. You can put guys, you know, flip them sides. You can move them inside. Clowney's been all over the, that defensive line throughout his career, and he can stand up. He can he can put his hand in the dirt. So, um, just it would be an excellent signing overall. He's you know, and you take away last year, previous three years, he's been a, one of the more valuable pass rushers in the NFL just because he's a good all around player. You get into a situation here where, I mean, look, it can be second and long, third and long. You're trotting out two former number one overall picks, obviously genetic athletic freaks. Tech McKinley, former number one overall pick. You could throw Sheldon Richardson into that mix, former number one overall pick, who's played anywhere on the defensive line, even played stand-up edge back in the day. Rex Ryan, not really sure what your game plan was there. And then you throw in the names of Malik Jackson, um, you still have a, a, another PFF darling way, way down that we don't know anything of in Curtis Weaver. But you're putting yourself in position where you're gambling either A on athletes or you're gambling on guys who at some point in their career have had success. And the rest of the secondary now is obviously a little bit revamped um, you know, with Hill brought in, with John Johnson the third brought in. But the best way to make a secondary look great is to put yourself in a position where the quarterback's throwing the ball to his mom in the seventh row. Hopefully she's masked up and socially distancing. Or he's throwing it from his ass. Yeah, so, um, yeah, you know, the, if you have a, a defensive line with a bunch of first-round, you know, drafted players or whatever, um, you know, what we it was like 12 or something like that, and yes, Tack sure. was like 16 or something like that. Or maybe twenty one. I don't know someone in that in area, but you just got talent. Only on thing I remember line. about Tack was going was standing there with the picture. I guess it was grandmother or grandfather. Some people giving him crap for it, but the worst thing in the world. But that's what uh, I always remember about Tack McKinley's draft night. I'm 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 looking forward to his press conferences if they're the same of um, 
it's all good or something like this. Like <laughs> the same, the a, man, same a man of few words. It's good. Yeah, it's good. But um, if, if you get that and then, you know, think about Jordan Elliott too. We, he's a guy that PFF, what we liked a lot last year coming out. Right. Third oh, rounder. Right. You know, he, he wasn't great. And he wasn't great last year um, as a rookie, but you're not expecting a third round guy to, to be able to come in there and light it up. And um, he's, you're, you're going to be playing him in a rotation. You're going to, continue to be able to continue to develop that type of guy and it's just being able to have that much talent and be able to not have them constantly you know just constantly having to be out there you're not going to have these guys you know running you know a thousand snaps in the season they're going to be have fresher legs because you're going to have the depth and you know some something was like browns fans it seems like that they're they have an aversion to depth and and having quality <laughs> talent in the depth and I don't, I don't really get it like the, you, you look at uh, the teams that have been able to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowls, and uh, they had they had tremendous off defensive lines to be able to keep those guys fresh to constantly get after uh, Tom Brady and and and, and pressure him. And, it, and it's you look at how you know what happened to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. And naturally, part of it is they didn't have two offensive ta- they're starting offensive tackles, um, but they had guys that could get after the passer over and over and over again, um, and that that takes a toll and, and it's not always going to work out. Uh, you still need to have the secondary to be able to, to slow things down for the quarterback to make him hold the ball a little bit longer so that pass rush can get there. So it's, it's an all encompassing thing, but the pass rush will help the coverage and the coverage will help the pass rush. And just adding another, another very talented individual at that to that pass rush is just, I mean, it's a no brainer. Anybody that's saying they don't want Jadavian Clowney because uh, he's, He's taking his. He's taking too long to to, to make his decision. It's like so. What? Like, you know, you're, you're not a, you're, when you're on the dance floor and, and you know back in your college days and you're you're you know you don't go home with the first girl you danced with on the dance floor. You're going home with the last one you danced with or whatever you know or something. It's just a bad analogy, but whatever. Like, you know, like you, you that's what you don't. It doesn't matter if 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 you met him, met him first. It matters if you, you meet him last and he's the last team he meets with and decides to sign with. And and look, and maybe he doesn't fit exactly like what we see from Andrew Berry and what this front office. And obviously there was a big courtship last year. Uh, but look, guys, gals, uh, we've all had somebody we chased. Um, and you know, Oh, and no, oh, she's a pain in the ass. He's a pain in the ass. Da, 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 da. And then maybe you got that phone call and you got that text or, Hey, what are you doing? Want to get something to eat? And guess what? Everything you ever said, you threw it the hell out the window and you ran out the door. <laughs> so come on now. Look, I mean, sometimes the heart wants what it wants. Obviously, Andrew Berry, Paul DePodesta, everybody in that building says, look, we want to at least drive this car. For at least they want season. talent. We'll see where it goes. Of they course. want talent. And if if it's a one-year deal, it's a one-year deal. If it's if it happens to be a three-year deal, it happens to be a three-year deal. I, I'm pretty, pretty sure it's going to be a one-year deal, but... <laughs> they they well, understand. I mean, with, well, for the money Jadavian Clowney is going to get, and for the fact of the fleecing he just did at the Tennessee Titans for the tune of twelve million dollars, um, he wants to get back closer to that number. Only way he's going to do that is hopefully have his fellow agents, buddy Miles Garrett, open up some holes for him, pick up those sack numbers, and maybe cash in again in twenty twenty two. We're going to get to more here with John Costco on the latest Locked On Browns. Mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, similar to what the airlines will do. 
rockauto.com again is for everybody and does not require membership or an account login the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your car or truck and choose the brands specifications and prices you prefer go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your vehicle right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com john we're here the draft is is coming ever so closely the browns off-season work maybe just about done free agent wise we'll see if there's a trade i'm not sure the browns are intending on making nine selections are there some John Costco must-haves? Are there a couple of little darlings in the eyes of Mr. John Costco to add to what has been a great job from Andrew Barry, Paul DePodesta, coaching staff, everybody involved for the last almost 20 months now? I mean, so in the first two rounds, I'm not going to – I don't, I don't want to say specifically players, right? But I think in the first two rounds, I want them to come away with a wide receiver. Um and you're probably looking at a Rashad Bateman, who I've been on from day one to be to be that type he of guy. Is, he has a huge, huge love fest going on here between almost everybody that does you know Browns coverage, talks Browns, and the fan. And now most of the fans are buying in. The only thing I got is that zero was a stupid look, but other than that, the kid can play, and I think he's very smart as far as. You know, running the field east to west. He understands, you know, when to quicken up, when to shuttle down, and really great on maybe a secondary route over the middle and finding that hole between linebackers, safeties, and giving his quarterback an open window. He is the best route runner in this class. Um, and he has the juices to back it up, too. So people people look at his 2020 tape and think that he's not an explosive athlete. So people have to remember he got COVID. Um, sick as a dog. And was sick and as he a got, dog. He apparently got a little worse than some other people did, yes. So so you lose your legs. He lost his legs, and he still played this year. So that kind of tells you the type of you know mentality he has, that he's, he's still going to go out there not at 100%, and he's going to try to give it his all. And he still looked pretty good. He still had the route running chops that he had. He just didn't have that that extra gear that we saw in 2019, go back to his 2019 tape and he's running away from dudes. He's explosive out of his cuts. He's explosive off the line of scrimmage. He's, he's the guy that you're expecting him to be. Um, and then when he ran, you know, he ran, he ran a four, three, nine or whatever it was at his, at his pro day. Um, even if you, if you take pro day into consideration, you got to add on a, a, some, you know, tenths of you know, a tenth of a second or whatever it is, you're still talking about a four, four type guy or whatever, who um, is, is, the best route runner and you, you talk you don't need you don't need the blazing four three speed uh to be an, a, a good a good wide receiver in the nfl look at deandre hopkins in the four fives michael thomas in the four fives you know you know some of them are are the uh the some of the best are are also fast but you know obviously tyree kill but you know Devontae adams four fives like it really matters like how good uh, you know can you, are you explosive and can you run run good routes and this guy can do that and he has very good hands um and like you're saying he has a very good feel for finding the holes in the zones and stuff like that so he's a guy that i would i would love that the browns would take there at 26 um i do not think he's going 
he's going to drop into the, the late second, second round at all. Um, if you are waiting for something like that, then you're looking at like a dynamic Brown and potentially a Terrence Marshall. But I do think that he probably goes in the top 40, um, you know, and, and if you're, you know, if a dynamic Brown, he's a guy that might be there. Um, he is another, a really good route runner. He's a really good deep threat. So um, has the explosion and stuff like that. So my, my hope is that they are able to come out of the first two rounds with, um, an explosive athlete at the wide receiver position, because as we saw in that, that AFC divisional round game, the difference between the two teams was that the Kansas City Chiefs had dudes getting open left and right against the Browns defense and the Browns offense, wide receivers and stuff could not get open against them. Um, you know, OBJ is going to help. OBJ will help a lot in that regard, but having another guy that can get open on a consistent basis against press man would be huge for this offense. Yeah, I mean, as you saw, of course, with the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you had a bunch of guys, you know, basically driving muscle cars or fast and furious type cars. And look, there's nothing wrong with economy cars. Uh, they get the job done. Um, but sometimes it'll only take you so far. You need a mixture NFL. of talent. You need a mixture of talent to be able to beat them at different at different types of routes, different different levels, different ways and stuff like that. And Rashad Higgins, is, he's a smart dude. He knows how to get open. He knows the timing of routes. But he's not a guy that you can – rely on to be explosive athletes is not that so you know Jarvis Landry you know he's a good very good player but he's not the type to be consistently beat you know man coverage so exactly that you have you have a develop a, a very tool set in your you know in your kitchen but you've got to have a little bit more I'd say yes I mean those two players the reason they do ever beat anyone deep is because people so assume that there is going to be a cut on the third fourth step of a route that, oh, my God, he didn't cut. Oh, and now I'm beat. Um, it's not due to athleticism. It's not due to foot speed. It's not a knock on either guy. You are what you are. Obviously, both guys have had great success. Flip it up to the other side of the ball here. Um, obviously, brought in one of the top nickel corners in the NFL. Um, but you still have – and this isn't a knock on Greedy. This is just a straight-up fact. We have no idea what Greedy Williams is. This is now, you know, rookie year. We basically, And I remember, John, we talked about this after Greedy Williams' rookie year. We don't know who he is. Um, obviously not playing as a second-year player. We have no idea who he is. We still don't even know about his health. Um, everybody hoping for the kid that it pans out. But, I mean, these issues go back to um, LSU. Um, so you look at a player like Greedy. Um, look, you look at the cornerback position right now as it stands. Obviously, somebody else is needed. Linebacker, who knows? I, I'm assuming if they draft seven players, they'll maybe throw a name on a linebacker because – I believe between most of us now, and we took so much heat for this for so long. I think everybody's comfortable that there could be a linebacker cut from this franchise and maybe somebody added in here. But some thoughts here, John, on finishing off the secondary and maybe one more name into the linebacker room. Yeah, so, you know, we don't know what, what it's going to be with Greedy Williams. I think, um, you know, people like his talent coming out and everything, um, but he hasn't been available, and that's a, that's a big part of being able to be like, Joe Woods so. barely knows who he is. Joe Woods saw him for like a day and a half, and then he was out for the entire season. Yes, exactly. So you can't rely on him. I know that. I know that they like him. You know, they they like the potential that he could be have there, but you can't rely on that. So you know, having Troy Hill come in, you know, he's been the best slot cornerback in the NFL over the past two seasons, which is phenomenal. And he can also play outside. Um, but when you know, if you're going to have him starting on the outside and then move into the into the, the slot, and you know, when you're in nickel and dime, which 
To be honest, well, they're going to be nickel dime. agent are going to say, if I'm playing outside, what the hell did you pay me slot money for? But go ahead. <laughs> right, exactly. So I think he's going to, you know, they're going to be a nickel and dime 90 plus percent of the time anyways. So he's going to be in the slot and you want a guy you can rely on opposite of, of, of Denzel Ward. And even Denzel Ward, he's yet to play a full 16 games in the NFL. So you, you still want to draft guys. And so I think you're looking at, you know, like if, you know, if you're not getting somebody in the first round, say like a, a JC Horn who, might be there or Greg Newsom who might be there maybe Caleb Farley who likely will drop because of his back surgery he's still a really good good player at that position though I would be I'd be hesitant to take him um just because you're you're talking about you know two back surgeries in two years that's that's a that's you know you have to really kind of really trust that your doctors are saying yep this this checks out it's okay or whatever but um you know he's still a really good talent if you're going back into the second round you know uh, Fiatty Melufanu is a guy who um, I like. I, I think he's he's got the, the size. on Lawton Browns. I have to listen to that. That's nice. Nice. Uh, great kid. Well, I mean, I obviously knew his brother, knew the agent. Great family. Um, I, the other thing, what, one reason I like Afitu Melufanu is the first thing I think is Chase Claypool. What are you doing about this? Because this is a problem that's not going any way. So the first thing you think is, is there some sort of physical matchup where I can say, all right, at least they're on the same page as far as being fantastic athletes, being a little bit bigger than others for their positions. But go ahead. Exactly. I mean, he's got the size. He's got the, the the athleticism, and then he has the 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 man cover skills and the physicality to back it up as well. So um, he's he's graded well in, in each each of the last three years, seventy two plus um, at that position. And I think you know you're talking about being at Syracuse. You're you're. you're, you're coaching is not as as quite as good but you're going up against good competition in ACC there um so he's a guy that you can bring I would be very happy if they were to bring him on um uh, because he's he's got all the tools that you want to, to be able to develop so um he's a guy that I'd be targeting for sure um because he does have the, the size like I was saying so um and, and like if you're saying he's a, he's a good kid good family that's that's even you know even better uh, in that regard um you know if you're going Further down and, and later later rounds, a Thomas Graham out of Oregon would be a, a solid pick there. Um, John, he is he's got some Jiry Alexander to him. He doesn't <laughs> shut up. You know I love these guys, and everybody says you know, and even teammates they hate the guy Monday through Friday because he's the most annoying guy to be around. But that's the dude that rallies everybody on a game day on a Sunday. And it just I've always just loved that ilk. And the other thing is he's got no problem with getting a little bit physical. Yeah, exactly. And he's not, he opted out in 2020. Um, he's not a super athletic dude, um, but you know, so he's going to go in those mid rounds or something like that because of it, but he's, he graded well at, at Oregon. Um, you go up against solid competition in the pac 10 so, or pac 12 or whatever it's called now. Um, so that would be, you know, he'd be, he would be a, a good pick there. And, and I think you're, you're, you're just adding depth to that room. Um, you definitely need to do that for a linebacker position. You know, like they're going to throw probably a third or a fourth round pick at, at the position. They're not going to prioritize it because it's no, they, they consider it to be the running back of the, the defense. And they also, but even still them. though, it, it would be different if they didn't have their starters and majority players in house already. They didn't right. bring back Mal- Malcolm Smith to ben- Malcolm, uh, Malcolm Smith to bench him. They didn't sign um, you know, Walker, Walker for the yep. exactly. They didn't sign Anthony Walker to watch. 
Taki Taki, um, they have to be pleased with the development he made in year two. And granted, you do not know about Phillips, obviously, because it was, hey, he's here for three weeks, he's gone for three weeks, he's here for three weeks, he's gone for three weeks, so on, so on. But obviously, they felt highly enough about the kid to make him a top 100 selection last season. Right, exactly. And so they they may or may not take a you know a, a third or fourth round or just a later round pick at a, at a linebacker of somebody they 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 might like or whatever. But they either they cover have, well or he runs like a deer. Right. They have guys in that room that they think they can play. And and listen, they they're not going to be playing three linebackers out on the field at, on then as their base defense. It is not. They're they're going to have two or one. Because they're going to be, they want to be able to play dime defense, especially if you're going up against Lamar Jackson. You need to be able to play dime defense to Check be able to stop him. You you match speed with speed. You don't just somehow get, all right, we we got to draft this one guy because he's going to stop Lamar Jackson. It doesn't that doesn't work like that. It takes a team effort to be able to stop him and his legs and guys playing sound football and, and be able to make tackles and being able to match him is because you have speed that can match him. There's no linebacker on the face of this planet that can match him with speed. There's just not. So you're, you're going to do it with defensive backs and you want to have defensive backs that can, that can tackle. And um, you know, they might, they might, they might, they might make a pick at a linebacker, but we'll see. And, you know, I actually do think they might take a pick at, at a, at a running back in the mid rounds thinking that they're going to, you know, take, thinking long-term backup solution over there. So getting um, some of these things and, you know, with, and look, we've talked about this in the last couple of weeks and, you know, obviously you've been busy, but you know, last couple of weeks with an educated front office, you're going to get on things one year before you need to, you're not going to get on it when the hole is now opened or it's way too late. This could happen at offensive line. If you find a way where it's a long-term contract with Nick Chubb, maybe you aren't comfortable paying Kareem Hunt the money you're paying him anymore. So again, getting on something one year early as opposed to one year late, educated people, let them do what they do, folks. Exactly. I mean, think about it just from a running back perspective because I mentioned it. So like the Steelers, Steelers are always good at drafting. You know, you think about they thought they were going to might be losing Juju Smith-Suster. Um, they drafted Chase Claypool to potentially replace him. They both coming, you know, he's coming back or whatever. But they, they had a plan in place to be able to this guy we can develop. Offset the fact that yep, exactly. Even even with their running back position, James Conner was their starter, but they drafted Anthony McFarland potentially to be the guy this year. Now James Conner did walk. They uh, you know he's off with Arizona, I think, or whatever. Yep. So they have they have now the their guy in place already that's been in the system for a year. So you don't have to come in there with a rookie to be able to maybe carry the load or whatever. So they, they have a plan always years and, you know, at least a year in advance trying to replace positions. You, you usually don't want to try to replace a position that you're starting with a rookie. You, you think about rookies last year in, in PFF grading, there were 10 that graded at like over set, like 70 plus. It might be even lower than that might be even like a 65 plus that had 10, 10 rookies that graded that had, you know, X number of snaps or whatever. So it's, it's your rookie players typically do not add a tremendous amount of value to a team. You look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their rookies did step up. You know, you talk about Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, Tristan Wirfs, their, their right tackle. Those guys played and were con- very good contributors. they had the best rookie class. And then they also won the Super Bowl. but I mean, that's more like Tom Brady in that offense, but uh, the, <laughs> they 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 don't have to come in there and be the man 
you know, day one, you know, typically that's what you don't want for those rookies. You want them to be able to develop and groom and play sparingly. Justin Jefferson's a rare, rare thing that he did last year where how good he was and stuff. So um, there's not rookies that you're expecting to come in there day one and, and be the man. So they're going to be drafting these guys. They, the roster is in really good position and shape now where you're thinking these guys can come in and add depth and potential starters down the road. And especially when we're talking about players who maybe not even played a college season uh, in 2020. So, you know, this year, more than ever, lower those expectations. we got a couple of questions for John. We're going to get to those here in just a second. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Yes, it might not be football season, but NFL draft pop bets, they got you covered. Yes, college basketball is over, but NBA, NHL, MLB, anything you want at Bet Online. It even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website. Or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code, all caps, no space, locked on. Bet online, your online sports book experts. This is actually a really good one from a good friend of the show, uh, Giovanni Ruiz. John, any PFF darlings? There's always a few names that you get to day three. And if you maybe throw the athleticism out the window, you folks over at PFF are going, why, why, why? Well, why is this player still available? Hi, you're putting me on a spot. I should have read this question ahead of time and gone and, and done some research. As you know, I've been a bit busy the past dad, couple weeks. John's, like, John's on big time dad duty these days, so let's cut him a little slack, folks. Yeah, so he, but he is rocking a great look of looking like something that fell off of Triple H right now. So let him have that. Right. Um, I will. I, this will be a question you have to ask me next week because I can do. I can get. I'm be able to dive back more into. We booked him in. What, All right, that's it. He's an in pen now. In pen. He's got to got to get the proof from the wife. No, I, I haven't. Um, as as you know, I'll tweet I, it. I she'll, she'll be nice to me. Yeah, yeah. she likes me. As you, as you know, I've been a bit preoccupied the past couple of weeks with with certain things at home. But um, yeah, I haven't I haven't been able to check out um, the the late the late sleepers though. We are looking. You know, I've been been dabbling in on, on prospects and stuff like that. You know, I, I don't, I'm not really sure where like Jamin Davis is a Kentucky linebacker. Um, well, Mel, Mel Kuyper put him at 26 today in his latest. Okay, mock, never, so. mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean. never, never mind. Never mind. I thought he was going to be like a, <laughs> like a fourth round type guy that was people were talking about. So never mind. All right. <laughs> so you might be a first rounder. So never mind. I okay, like well, so, from a linebacker perspective. Browns want Browns fans want linebackers. I, he, he's a guy that I like. I think he's he's uh, he's athletic enough. He can he can turn and run with tight ends and match with running backs. So he'd be a guy that can, um, you know, if, if he happened to be in the third round or something like that, it would be all for taking that type of guy. Which makes all the more sense that Mel Kiper Jr. would put him in round one in his latest mock. John, the New York Jets are going to draft Zach Wilson at number two overall. Is this the right thing to do for this yes. franchise? Yes. Um, so you're so, saying Zach Wilson is the number two quarterback in this draft? 
I'm saying he's the number one quarterback in this draft, but that's just my opinion. Man, John Costco's been busy, but Rashad Bateman is the best route runner in this draft, and we just found out that Zach Wilson is the best quarterback in this draft. Buckle up, folks. It's a shame we only have a few more minutes. I know, I know. So I I like Zach Wilson as the number one quarterback in this draft ahead of Trevor Lawrence, and the main thing for me on that is that it's not a knock on Trevor Lawrence. I think he's like a Andrew Luck type type guy. I just think that it just, just seems think- so simple and so easy. So almost like sometimes like you peek around at like, well, what else is there? I mean, it's like your wife or your mom. Oh, the chicken and the gravy, the mashed potatoes. It's all fantastic. But the Italian lady down the street, that shit smells good every time I walk past her house. So think about it, right? In, in 2012, if you were to redraft that draft, are you exclude the fact that Andrew Luck retired early and he had some injuries or whatever. Um, Cause he was pretty dang durable coming out of college. Um, but if you're redrafting that you're taking Andrew Luck, likely number one and, and probably Russell Wilson, number two. Um, but if you look at like, if you go to the college tape, like Russell Wilson's college tape was better. And that's kind of what, that's kind of what I look at and I see in, in Zach Wilson versus the Trevor Lawrence deal where everybody already anointed, you know, Andrew Luck, the number one, the, the next John Elway, the next Peyton Manning. People are anointing Trevor Lawrence as the next Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, all this stuff. And he's, he's going to be that type. He, he can be that type of guy. I just think that, that Zach Wilson has a more natural, you know, like more naturally talented arm, um, I think he goes through Lawrence his progression. This little, like this little rollover, almost softball-looking thing, reverse thing. Where Wilson, it's just a grip it, rip it, almost more Mahomes style. It, it is Mahomes style, and he has the he has the arm talent like that. Like if you look, just look at, and, and it, people are, might roll their eyes at the fact that you say that I say that he has Mahomes like arm talent. Um, Mahomes, Mahomes has like this. You know, nobody thought that'd be a next Aaron Rodgers, right? But everybody's kind of saying that Mahomes is the next Aaron Rodgers and has is basically a young Aaron Rodgers in terms of being able to throw on any platform, all that stuff. But Zach Wilson can do that. He's more refined than Patrick Mahomes is coming out. You look at Mahomes, and I, I had Mahomes as my number one player on that board. If you know people want to go back and look and, and whatnot, but because he was because you could see what he was, he needed to clean up and needed to sit for a year. But he had the mechanical issues and whatnot. But you saw the raw talent that he was, he was still accurate with crappy mechanics. And he was also had a fantastic feel for the game. And, and Zach Wilson has as really good mechanics. It still sometimes breaks down, but um, he has a really good feel for the game. He goes through progressions really cleanly. Um, he sometimes rushes progressions. He's not a perfect prospect by any means, but I think he's got the, um, you, you look at his career, he's improved every single year of his career. Whereas like a Trevor Lawrence, He's kind of been – he came in on fire and has never really progressed in terms of uh, his ability. He actually – he's been kind of a little bit of a roller coaster, and I think he came out of college basically similar in terms of how he came into college. And um, there's there needs to – he needs to show improvement. I haven't haven't seen that. Usually you want to see a guy improve. Um, one of the things that like with like with Baker Mayfield, he he came in with like a his, – his first year we have of grading in 2014 – and he's the highest graded guy that we have in terms of a career um, in, in PFF. He came in as like a 91 grade. Then he had jumped up to a 94 grade and then a 94.5 or 94.6 grade. So he showed improvement every year. And even in like the metrics that you want to see improvement, Baker Mayfield did that. Um, and that's one of the things. It's not as if he came in there and stayed stagnant. Trevor Lawrence, it worries me a bit, like in terms of just the fact that like 
how much of his ceiling has he reached because of, you know, he really did bloom early in his career. Whereas, a, you know, a Zach Wilson's bloomed late. Mac Jones has bloomed late. Like he's a late bloomer and stuff like that. So you're thinking, all right, this guy has a lot of room for growth or whatever. Trevor Lawrence really like he's got his cannon of an arm. He's really going to come out and really polish. And he's going to be a good NFL quarterback, but where's the ceiling? And I think he can get to that, like, you know, elite tier and stuff like that. But I think, I think Zach Wilson has, has like a, I think he's just a little bit better. Well, I think locked on jets. We may have to ship some of this audio over to them. Um, And Trevor Lawrence, who knows about the situation he's going to, uh, you know, Jacksonville as good as it was three, four years ago, as bad as it is now, Urban Meyer in the NFL. Oh my God, who knows how any of this could work out? May not be the greatest situation for Trevor Lawrence. Could be the Last greatest one situation just- for him, though. It could be because that his system might be really good for Trevor Lawrence. So we'll see. I know, we'll I know see. from an offensive perspective, it you would know. be a good. But coaching, I get it. I get. I know. I know what you mean, though. From I'm, I'm hoping somebody's there to you know ask him about you know how being married before the draft may influence his NFL career. Oh wait, that only happens in Cleveland. Wait a minute. I'm sorry, John. Before we let you go, quickly. <laughs> Who is maybe the one player, top 10, top 20, that everybody seems to be touting and either A, you don't get it, or B, you're rip, well, ripping what's left out of your chef, freshly shaved head that you just don't freaking see? Uh, Micah Parsons. Um... <laughs> seems like he runs around like the Tasmanian devil, but not much comes of it. So, so Micah Parsons, great run defender. And if this was 30 years ago, I mean, he's, you're like, man, this is a top Are you listening, no Browns fans? Are you listening? This is not what linebackers are anymore. But go ahead, John. Yes. So um, he is awful in coverage. Like, I don't want to see him in coverage at all. He's a two-down linebacker, essentially. A traditional, he's not, like, he used to be a guy that you would say that, it's like, yeah, you're going to put him out there every single type of game, play or whatever. It's like, but. He's not that. He's not. He's he's a, doesn't have the patience to stay with coverage. It's a lot no, easier to he, do run where it's hit that gap, and if the ball carrier's there, knock his daylights out. It's mm-hmm. a lot different to have the patience, similar to the crossing guard, Mister Joe Schobert, where you're doing your assignment to the letter. Yeah. He looks like he lacks the patience to do his job for four to five seconds. Yeah, and he, he he doesn't he doesn't have a good feel for the coverage game. He doesn't have good instincts in coverage. That's essentially what it is. Um, great run defender, fantastic run defender, best run defender as our linebacker we've probably seen in our in our seven years of doing you know grading it in college for PFF. But that is not what wins you football games. So um, that that is the one pick that the one guy I, I'm just I have no idea why he's he's being touted that high because of because of that. So yeah, understood. Understood. And believe it or not, folks, we have actually heard this more often than not. So, again, um, if you're going to try to sell us on a linebacker in round one, he better be the greatest linebacker. You want you want a hot take? You want a really hot take? Oh, quick, 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 John. Let's go. I wouldn't take Devontae Smith in the top ten. <sighs> that body frame. I, I... He's also he's also the, the usage in, at Alabama was like, just beating up on crappy linebackers over routes and stuff like that. It's, it's worries me. I don't, I don't know if he's, he's like a DD Westbrook, it's like a DD Westbrook. What, you know, basically it's kind of a little bit better of a DD Westbrook maybe, but. Uh, wow. John Costco, a couple of weeks on the bench, getting out on the town and letting it fly here on yes. lockdown Browns. 
PFF senior analyst John Costco. Make sure you're following at John Costco three. Um, we'll get John here, uh, you know, in a little bit more here. Obviously, we'll have him in before the draft, after the draft. Um, sometimes, you know, duties call at home. And, uh, you know, when you have made that commitment for life, uh, there's a lot to it. Make sure you're following John. Um, eventually, things will pick up and we'll get to see a little bit more and uh, read a little bit more from Mr. John Costco. The show itself, Locked on Browns, follow back account. DMs are open, as you all know. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Throw a follow over. Guys, I'm around as much as I can be to answer questions. Um, I, I did get harassed recently. Um, look, if it's nonsense, I'm not going to answer it. I just don't have the time. <laughs> and it's just the way that's going to be. Whether it's iTunes, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Odyssey, make sure you are following Locked on Browns, five-star ratings, written reviews, all the rage. Greatly appreciated. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Thanks, John, for not opening a beer. LGB <laughs> on the LOB. Let's go, Browns. <laughs>